0: All aboard! We're getting back on the trend train with the top five trends in powder coating that are happening right now. Today, we have Editor-in-Chief of FinishingInCoding.com, Tim Pennington, writing on the Daily about the coatings industry for over a decade, including powder and liquid coatings, anodizing and plating, PVD, and e-coating. Tim joins us for an interesting discussion around what he's found out from other coders just like you. What are they thinking about? What could be their next move? And what does the industry need to focus on more to improve systems and production? Buy a ticket and grab a seat. Let's see where this train goes. Get ready to level up your powder coder game. Ross Coats Powder Coater podcast. I'm your co host, Kim Scott. Today we welcome uh, Tim Pennington of Finishing and Coating's online magazine. If you haven't, uh, if you're not a subscriber, uh, please go over there. We'll give you the link in the description below uh, to go and follow his magazine. Uh, Tim, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Kim. It's great to be here. Aloha. Yeah, uh, we were. I was just remarking at how tan you look and how pale I look. And you've been, it looks like you're on vacation with your background. So I kinda well, like that
1: sort of, yeah. It's just a lot of golf. Get out and play a lot of golf. That's what it is. I That's stand what you around need a lot. Yeah, do. Yeah. The, yes. Yeah. Looking for the balls, I get a lot of sun looking for the golf balls. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of sun that way.
0: <laughs> looking yeah. in the bushes and yes, the, in the pond and all of that stuff, in the yes. sand traps. Yeah, I miss golf. I, sh- I need to get back into it. I was mm-hmm. really enjoying it there for a while, but we got so busy with the business that it's just been too hard to get back into it. But I did kind of, I did try to enjoy it. Um, it's it, it's definitely different. And it's, it's like one of those, like you challenge yourself. It's this inner challenge thing. So I get why a lot of people like it. Um, so I'm so happy to have you have the time to come on the show because i know how busy you are writing you're always do you go to a lot of conferences and stuff too as well uh
1: i, I you know i started to pick it back up i just was at the uh, uh conference down in uh, charlotte uh, the ccai conference there and uh heading to actually i think i'm heading back to south carolina soon the myrtle beach uh electroplating conference they're having but um, uh you know until everything closed down yes it was it was it was a lot of getting out and seeing everybody which is the pure joy is when you actually get to see people and talk to yeah. them. That's that's the that's the best part of it.
0: Yeah, I think people are definitely missing that human connection, and we're kind of ready to move on. Um, I, uh, you started. This is your magazine, and and tell us how you got into writing and and all of this about because you cover not just powder coating, but you cover coatings in general as well. Like it's a broader. Uh, so tell us more about your magazine and how you got started in the writing about it.
1: Well, it's uh, interesting. This is, uh, I just realized the other day, I, I the first digital magazine, it's a magazine in a digital form, uh, meaning it's online, exclusively online. Um, and it was last August, 2020, it was my first edition. And so, matter of fact, I just uh wrote my column for the august uh 2021 edition of you know happy birthday you know uh-huh. uh it, and, it, and it's gone by very very fast but um uh, you know i've i've been covering uh the the finishing and coding industry for about 12 years um and uh took a took a break uh at early part of 2020 uh but you know it's funny i i um still kept in contact with a lot of people in the industry a lot of especially the job shops the owners uh, those are people that I really, truly, uh, you know, talk to the most, and, and and visiting their shops. That's one of the things that, that I enjoy doing. And uh, kind of the discussion came about of uh, what you know what some of the needs were. Like I said, I was sort of out of the industry for about six weeks, and then uh, had some people say, you know, here's what we're really needing. And it was a couple of tools that they they talked about. One of them was really a a database of shops, and 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 again. You mentioned you know powder coating, uh, but I also you know there's liquid coating, there's the uh, you know uh, electroplating, anodizing site, there's a side of it. Uh, you've got people doing a lot of uh, you know mechanical finishing, um, you know polishing and those type of things. and there's they're all over the place. And so you know I, I, I would get calls over the last decade or so from a lot of people saying, I'm looking for somebody that can. Do this for me. These were OEMs uh, mm-hmm. or you know manufacturers. I'm looking for somebody that can do a cart coating for me, or I'm looking for somebody that can do an anodizing or a plating on tin or things like that. And so I, it really spoke to me that okay, what if we put together a database with listed all the shops mm-hmm. and where they're located and uh, you know what they offer, so people can search that. And then it sort of springboarded out. Well, somebody said, well, you know, uh, I have a lot of sometimes equipment that and supplies that I don't need they're sitting around I wouldn't mind selling them you know to somebody who needs them or, or giving them away i had someone right. email me the other day they were giving away a powder coating that's like in they want to get rid of it you know
0: right yeah and
1: so um that and then also we at that point we were just getting into you know with a lot of with workforce development people were looking for you know managers to run their operations or supervisors and things like that so it was really those three components of okay if we, what about a database that could you know people could eat oems could easily go in and search mm-hmm. uh what about you know a tool where where shops could sell their uh you know used guns used lines whatever they want to do a powder or or whatever it was uh, and so i actually it's kind of a, a started putting it together i have some web design and, and web development experience and started putting that together and, uh, you know, didn't really expect to do a lot with uh, articles and features or things like that. Well, then all of a sudden, I you know, I started getting some, some notes from people and they would say, oh, I'm doing this at my shop and this. And so I just started writing about it, putting it in there. And voila, before I knew it, you know, I'm writing every day about this stuff again, sort of around that, which is great because it brings people to the site to uh, right. if they're using those tools, uh, uh, as I mentioned, and also... We've developed a, a kind of a, a a forum, a community bulletin where people can put post notes and get answers back and forth and things like that. So uh, oh, that's it, cool. It's, I didn't yeah. see
0: that feature. Um, yeah. It's
1: it's, uh, it's it's just called forum and people okay. it's 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 been a little slow, but you know, people have been I, I think only because a lot of people are just so darn busy uh these right. days and and such. But uh but all those components uh and then um, you know, I did it for about six months and didn't make any money off of it. We was not really interested in selling ads. I had people contact me, but I was more interested in making great content. Uh, right. That's knowing that you know people like yourself and other shop owners—they don't have time to sit there behind a computer all day and 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 read things. It's got to be you know dead on to what they're. It's got to be in their in their uh, sweet spot of what they're doing. So, uh, and then at the end of last year, I sort of uh, said, "Okay, I'll, I'll." I took on some some. Uh, uh, sponsors and advertisers and, and, um, but, you know, I, I post every day, I'm, I'm, I'm writing usually about a, a, a facility uh, every single week uh, and, and, um, and, you know, getting a lot of te- still getting a lot of technical pieces. I know those science things are, are very, very helpful um, and and getting that. So it, it's, it's been a pure joy, like I said, of, of sort of bringing in the feedback I'm getting and, and the, and the volume. But one of the things I found out is that, you know, people do want to see things every day, um, uh, you know, Email. so I post things, the minute I get it, I post it, and then at the end of the month, I sort of compile it all for people who maybe missed a few, but compile it all, and I basically, it's a magazine that you can go online and, and look at, so I put that together and uh, kind of lay it out, and then, uh, and it's gone great. It's been more than I ever imagined. I mean, we're probably, we're getting close to 200,000 page views a month for uh, articles. Awesome yeah it, it, people are, are really looking at it and i'm finding it's it's we have a core of about between 15 to 17,000 unique users so, and mm-hmm. i i track that through ip addresses so i know mm-hmm. and they come back 6 to 7 times a month so you know looking at that they're 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 coming back and, and reading the article, so uh i i'm i'm excited with it and uh like i said uh, hopefully look forward soon to you know get out and and, and visits more people and 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 get in the shops like, like it was before. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I enjoy your style of writing. I, I, it's, it's informative uh, but concise and I do always look forward to getting that email in the, you know, in the mail, like, Oh, what's going on? What's Tim writing about now? (laughs) Of course uh, I'll share my screen here. Hold on. Um, Tim has written about, Full disclosure, Tim's written about me in the twenty, 20 questions, 20 which I questions. actually kinda like. um, it's not just, uh, kind of like. It's not just kind of like I enjoyed the process. And I know you bugged me for a long time because I. <laughs> what i was doing in 2020 oh yeah i was launching a podcast but yes. you are kind of busy yeah it's a great way to kind of you know but i was i think i was avoiding these questions like look at that a thousand re- people a thousand people have read that close
1: oh to really how long. do you yeah. see that yeah. Oh, right yeah. Yeah, oh yeah Oh thousand people
0: oh i didn't even see that oh that's yeah. cool yeah. um and then i had to find all these pictures of i just you know i don't know i'm not why do you ask two
1: i only asked two questions about the industry. The first one, how'd you get into it and what do you enjoy? And the rest of it is, you know, if you were on a deserted island, what's the worst thing you ever ate? Things like that. And, and because, and it really, it is because, you know, people like you and others who are shop owners and people that manage shops and everything, it's, it's just, you know, fun to find out what, what makes them tick a little bit and what do they do and, and uh, interesting, interesting things about them. It is. uh,
0: I think I, at the time I wrote, my proudest was the podcast and it still is today. I, yes. I'm very proud of the podcast. I, to you. Yes. It's a labor of love, but it's also, I, I get to meet people like you. And I learn so much more about the business uh, that I don't know when I'm stuck here on an island. Um, and I, I just, I feel more confident in my game because um, I, I am meeting these people and stuff. But uh, I think the latest person, well, let's see. I want to get into this article here, but yes. we. I, I do want to give a shout out to, uh, actually, let me go back to this uh, page because the latest guy is uh, Tony. Tony. Yes. And yes. I've been trying to talk to Tony, so hey Tony, uh call me back. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's uh uh kind of an up and you know, I know he's on I was supposed to call him because he's part of the PCI, he's a PCI member now. So uh, I was my job was to volunteer to talk to him and stuff like that, but he was too busy going to the uh annual, annual meeting. meeting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, but he did manage to snap a shot from his balcony and made me feel like I was, you know, part of the part of that group. I it, it's just too restrictive for us to leave Maui to come. But, but anyways, um, this is the powder coating. Uh, there is so he's got it all broken. You've got it all broken down by uh, the different kinds of, uh, th- you know, uh, processes. Applications, yeah, all the yeah. processes, mm-hmm. and applications, yeah. Already. And so we have our own like powder coat page, which is obviously I'm on here all the time. And, you know, you uh, talk from an informative point of view um, and stuff like that. And so anyways, that was the, that was uh, wanted wanted to show that. So let's see, let me go to the next page. Cause I think that's where that article was, um, but it's nice. I think it's a way of giving back to the community by, um, you know, uh, being able to uh, present people in the industry just to give them that exposure, the backlink that they need or whatever. Um, and uh, so this is the one here, the top five trends. This is why I called you yes. Um, yes. and stuff. And um, I think this is a great article. I, I recently started looking at some of the mega trends and stuff uh, that uh, we started you know, talking about and what these mega trends are like, why mm-hmm. does Axel Noble buy every factory in Europe or <laughs> in Southeast Asia? <laughs> What's China up to? And, you know, so we, we've done some um, previous trend podcasts and stuff like that. Um, but I think you, I think from a U.S. perspective, uh, you know, you, you've definitely nailed the top five here. Uh, the last one um is actually the one that grabbed me the most, which I thought the guy was like, uh or wait, was it this one? Wait a minute. No, it's this guy right here, I think.
1: Uh Right. Uh, uh,
0: Tim Martin. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he was saying something about, and maybe I'm wrong on this one, but, but basically he's was like all these people call it, you know, these customers that, just hear about powder coating. Um, they um, they see it online or they see it in Instagram or whatever and they're calling us and we don't know what to do with them. And it's like, you know, um, we need, you know we can't help these people because we're commercial coders, right? We're line coders and stuff like that. So that was part of the reason why um, in terms of, you know, you filling the gap Uh, And in the market that you saw by starting powder uh, by starting finishing and coding, um, I also saw gaps in the market about how when you look at Google searches, you you see a list of uh, coders, but you can't tell which ones are cut. commercial coders or custom coders. Right. Right. right and right. maybe some do both, you know? Um, so part of the reason of starting uh, a website called powder is sort of like to define that a little better. Um, so I'm all for databases defining our market and, uh, defining who's in our market a little bit more finer and that you touched on earlier, which, you know, struck a chord in me in terms of like, you know, um, uh, it's part of the topic is self-determination but it's also like uh who are we and where are we going and how big are we right, right you know right um and I think there's definitely I, I don't know who else is going to answer that question except for people like us right you know right, um right. that are writing about it or or questioning it um and questioning others you know um I I don't even think some of the major institutions know, even though they've paid for all this research uh, to define how many coders there are in North America or globally or whatever. I just still, I think there's still some doubt about who and what, and and part of it is just naming people. Like, I hate to say names, but like defining, you know, uh, whether we're calling ourselves garage coders or, Custom coders or commercial coders or whatever, you know, it's like it has to start with a name, um, right, or a definition of some sort, right? Do you agree? Right.
1: Yeah. So I, yeah, I do because, like I said, there's the the it runs the gamut. I mean, you know, you can have some huge uh, operations uh, out there that do really phenomenal work, and then you can have very small, uh, you know, um, a thousand square foot. Uh, facility. And so that very limited what they could do, probably. Uh, and and if you're, you know, if you're somebody who's searching for a, a, a coder, it's, it can be confusing to them. And so, yeah, you know, and, and people, you know, everybody's, you know, that says that they're a powder coder. Um, right. But what what, what scale? What, what can you do? You know, and, and what qualifications do you have to do this? And so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting. And you're right about what type of, uh, you know, what, what type of levels those are, you know, it seems in, 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 um, uh, as opposed to other, you know, it seems in powder coating as opposed to other applications, for example, you know, in the, you know, electroplating or the anodizing world, it's kind of based on your qualifications if uh, you know, if you're NADCAP certified, um, it means you've gone through strenuous, um, uh, inspections and you're meeting all of these, you know, criteria. Right. You have to have so much. You have to have right down the list: A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You have to have all of that. And you know, if, if you're a, if you're a, uh, a, a, you know, if you're a facility and you're NADCAP certified, it, you almost instantaneously know what they've got, what they can right. do. And and that's it. Made it. It's almost made it easier uh, to to right. figure that out. Although you know, you ask those shops, they're spending. You know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year just to maintain that certification. Just, they yeah. had to hire three people to, to keep it all. But it, it, there's a reason for that because right. it, you, you know only because you know if an, an OEM or a manufacturer wants to know exactly who could do it. And I see a lot of that getting into with the architectural codings, with the you know with the AAMA uh, you know right. certifications and those type of things. So they're
0: good. It, yeah, in the market,
1: right? Yeah, defining. who Yeah, defining. Uh, you know who some of these who's who who can do who's what, who and right. what
0: they can do and how you know how defining it and, and and talking about this self-determination stuff is just uh been the topic of of what's i've seen online and in in what i'm feeling myself as well you know just it needs to get a little better in order for us to understand these, global trends that are happening because the global guys are already there. They know what's going on. We just need to figure out what we need to do and what opportunities, uh, there are kind right. of like the opportunities you took when you saw gaps in the market. There's lots of gaps right. in, um, the power coding world, uh, right. that I see that could definitely benefit, um, and stuff. And I think it's, I don't know who's going to be doing the defining. I think that, um, I don't know. I hope it's all like there's somebody or a group of us that kind of come from everywhere. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. But, you know, you talk to people like um, Joey Golliver, who I have on the show, who was just basically saying, nah, they don't care, you know, like, <laughs> uh, right. And um, right. I, I, it was kind of mind opening for me um, to hear that point of view from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you know, the, of course that's his opinion, but, uh, you know, I, he's someone that, you know, has been in the business for a while. So like, I, I, I kind of understood a little better what he was, where he's coming from. Of course you, you know, where do you think, uh, the custom coder, uh, business is going? Um, cause you kind of see both, you see industrial coders and custom coders, you you know,
1: right. Right. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, you know a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the like I said, other types of coatings. If you look at other coatings besides powder coatings, okay, um, you know, a lot of it is driven by like I said, certifications or, or, or specs that are out there. You know, um, you know, but manufacturers will spec what they want, how they want these you know parts or products to be coated, what how they're going to last you know, architectural coatings, how long are they going to last? You know, what, what's what got to be the guarantee on these things. And I think that, you know, in, in those other type of uh, applica- applications, other type of uh, coding processes, that's what's driving it. Uh, you know, for example, the automotive industry specified how they wanted everything done. These were, you know, really mission critical parts, uh, you know, aerospace. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you can't get more mission critical than right. that. Right, um, You know, and, and so when you, when you look at liquid uh, paint applications such as, you know, for Boeing or Airbus or something, uh, and you've got these facilities that are, are coding parts that are going to be doing that, you know, there's very critical uh, uh, requirements that have to be made and they get, tested very heavily tested uh, uh you know and and so um powder coating sometimes you don't see that as much you don't see a lot of heavy testing you know almost because these aren't a lot of mission critical parts or components that 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 need that so and i think a lot of what happens unfortunately is you get a lot of uh, applicators who get away with you know calling themselves what they're not you know which is a a, a you know a high level coder uh, because they're not doing a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, you know testing and, and 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 laboratory work to make sure you know the coating was applied correctly and it's got the pretreatment was there and all these things um, you know and you know and I've heard actually heard some you know some operators say well you know that part's going to be outside for maybe you know three or four years it was you know uh, and, and you know there's yeah it, it's just it's it's going to rust or it's going to do this it's going to do that but. Um, but I think that's you know, and again, I, I'm not sure if I if I know exactly what that answer is going to be, only because it seems like a lot of coders uh, haven't been, uh, you know, haven't been asked to li- uh, live up to um, I would say guarantees, but specifications on on a lot. Right. And, but and at that, the same
0: time, we have our reputation, right? So right. But, you and, know, and that really is kind of the make it or break it. Correct. Us as the as the wild card people, um, you know the wild carders out there, if you want to call the right. custom coder industry wild cards. Um, you know, uh, not everybody's going to have that. Um, not e- not everybody's going to have the talent or the systems in place to make sure that the reputation is. you know, and that, that I think is the only thing that really defines custom coder at the moment. Um, and maybe forever, because, you know, unless we're getting into specs and, you know, compliance and, and that sort of thing, it's the only thing that can, uh, because you're only as good as your last job. Right. Right.
1: Right. Right.
0: You know, I think that it's the only measure, um, that, that, customers can rely on um you know and that's why you have to work so hard at doing um your own uh reputation maintaining your own putting
1: your own your own um stamp on it so to speak uh you know uh, and i've been through like a lot of shops that have impressed upon me that that's what they do um they're they're pre you know they're uh, how they pre-treat how they get ready um you know, that's what separates them um, only because they just, you know, they want to have relationships with customers, their customers that last a long time, you know, right. um, and then, then there are some that that, you know, it's like, yeah, we'll do that job. It comes in, they do it. Um, you know, there's an issue. Eh, well, we'll go get somebody else you know, <laughs> and those type of things. And so when you find, you know, I've gone into some places where they've said, you know, we've had the same customer for, for you know 25 years you know they know what we do they know how we do it and that seems to be the uh uh you know the the really elite type of uh of, you know and and I you know if I was to go out and hire a, a coder I I'd, I'd say you know can you give me a list of your uh customers and 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 uh and how long you've been with them that's the big thing right. i think is right. how long have you been with them or how long have they been with you uh you know are you meeting on time delivery are you you know delivering them a, a, you know are you not cutting corners when it comes to, um, you know, coating their part? You know, putting on powder coating. Uh, you know, a lot of people can do that. Pre-treating correctly, pretreating aluminum, cleaning it, getting it ready. That that's a tough thing to do sometimes, uh, especially when you don't really know what's on these materials. A lot of times, uh, you're 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 using a cleaning process for you know you're sort of uh, not knowing you know what what what's been on there. Maybe there might be flash rust on this or whatever it may be. So. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, there, there needs to be and that, that might be something that the industry want to look at is really, you know, some classification, only because I think a lot of uh, shop owners and managers don't want to waste a lot of time bidding on jobs or, uh, you know, talk to people that they're not going to get the job or, you know what, uh, um, we're not equipped to do that type of work. And and so that might be something that, that, you know, that really, you know, might be a really good indicator so that when, you know you know, manufacturers are looking for somebody or OEM is looking for somebody, they can easily find it and uh, and know that they're, you know, that's somebody that can handle their work and do it for a long-term on that, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that, um, y- y- you know, this, I've seen it in, now you're industry-based, so a lot of the hits you get on your website are from industry people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll probably get a consumer in there searching for certain search topic or whatever. But um, I think that for me, because my measure is this blog, right? Um, And uh, the blog tells me how many, you know, we've got certain things in place social media wise, but like the blog tells me how, um, you know, how many people are hitting it? What they're searching? What's theirs? What's theirs? What are? What's the phrases that they're searching and stuff like that? Right. And it it can vary. You know, it goes up and down and stuff. Of course, when COVID hit, like the blog just went ballistic. You know, because mm-hmm. people had all this extra time uh, to kind of do searches on powder coating and stuff. But um, more and more people are kind of consumers are actually now actively searching for powder coatings. Um, not just locally, but just what they are. How does it work? What do they do? How does it get done? You know, how do I pick this color and stuff like that? So I've seen our own blog and our own you know, interest level go up over the years. And I think that that's where I kind of came to you and said, look, I know I have evidence of this, right? You know, like, because I can see it in our own um, analytics and stuff. Um, And I think that that's a good thing. Um, because it's only going to just bring more consumers and more customers to upstart powder coders or custom coders in in that because they're going to go there first before they get a the line coding system or whatever right. you know find you know um, and I think that that's a good thing um, you know how, how how do we track it outside of that you know it's hard to say I, I don't know but I imagine some. know maybe that's why i have all these sites you know to kind of try and attract that kind of information uh to the industry maybe we can at some point be able to share that uh information to the industry as we kind of figure out who we are what's our names what are we doing what 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 defines us you know um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so i think it's let me I
1: i think you've given me an idea for a story
0: I, yeah, that's what we're here for,
1: right? You know, like. No, seriously, Of looking at that and saying, you know, is that something that the industry needs? Is that something, and it's going to be driven by, you know, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, you look at, you know, the the associations that drive that are, you know, a lot of the, you know, the powder coating and liquid coating industry, you know, a lot of those are driven by suppliers, you know, you know, and, you know, occasionally you'll see the, you know, the. The actual powder coater that's involved, and you know, in the leadership position with that, and so, but I think a lot of it is, you know, sort of, you know, asking them, you know, what should you call yourself? How do you want to define that? You know, and and you know, you know, I've had I've had you know suppliers from in the industry tell me that you know, powder coating is a very easy operation for people to just you know pop up and start a business somewhere, you know. It's there, you know, it's there, it goes for a year and a half, two years, three years, then it's gone, you know. Um, but, you know, and again, you know, you, how do you regulate that in the industry so that people who uh, truly, they, they don't get frustrated, uh, the, the people who want to spend money on on powder coating um, don't get frustrated because they can't find the right person and, and right. they need to find them, you know, and, and time is critical. And not just finding them, but finding, you know, the right partner that they can work with, somebody who's, who's very credible uh, because... You know, I hate to say it same was in the electroplating industry where they had some people that were you know putting garden hoses down the drain and that's how they were getting rid of toxic waste. It gave a bad name for everybody in the industry. Right. and right. Um, you know, especially in the us, I mean you you know in manufacturing, you want um, the manufacturing sector to know that there are enough quality coders uh, in the United States to handle all their work. They don't need to send it uh, to Mexico or europe or or have it done in China. They can get it done here. That's the that's mm-hmm. that's the big thing with that. So,
0: yeah, I kind of started something. Well, I didn't really start this hashtag, but I kind of posted something about it's. It, it, I'm kind of creating this post for Instagram for for my followers, which are mostly consumers, um, mm-hmm. local customers of mine, and stuff. I have a, have a few. We have a few. Um, you know, uh, other custom coders that follow us as well. So, but from, for the most part, I kind of really um, uh, try to build my posts, my Instagram posts around my customer. Um, And and so a lot of times it's just about really, you know, it's not just about, you know, why you want to support your local powder coder is the, or it's the hashtag support your local powder coder. because it's not just talent, and and this kind of kind of goes in with pricing, I guess is where I'm getting with it, mm-hmm. right? Is custom coders, um, pricing is an issue. Um, it's much easier, I think, and I could be wrong, but commercial coders, they're, they're line systems, so their margins are smaller, so they get down to the minuscule, like m- micro data, to make sure they know that they're making money or or not, you know? Right. Um, And so custom coders is just a little bit more ambiguous. Um, And so a lot of the times they'll get beaten down by their customers, like, well, so-and-so down the street will charge me this much, but, you know, hey, you want this job, I'll pay you this much, right? And it's this constant pricing battle. Um, And I think it kind of doesn't, you know, for those just starting out, or even just those that have been at it and can get, you know, um, downtrodden, I guess, uh, about it. I don't know why, um, you know, people believe this, that they have to be competitive because when you have that talent and you've got that, that, um, you, you have that ability. It's like, it's not just the ability or the processes it's knowing that it's the knowing, right? So that you do feel confident when you're charging the right price for your customer stuff. Right,
1: right. Um,
0: But one of the, you know, I kind of broke it down into a few things um, as to the reason why you should be charging more money for Mm -hmm. your jobs. And number one, delayed effects from exposure, (laughs) you know, (laughs) uh, top of mind for me, because, you know, uh, we've been, Having a few podcasts talking about, you know, we've uh, about the different kinds of exposures to toxic chemicals and toxicity levels of beryllium and uh, um, the uh, me- methylene chloride. Uh, we also have delivery times. Custom coders are always on you know, just like commercial coders, I guess, or line coders, they have these deadlines and stuff like that. We're, we're, we still have to work late nights. And, you know, if something messes up, a part messes up, whatever you, you you still, the deadline is still there. Right. Right. Um. And then we have, I call this one rejection subjection. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it's because out of a certain group of, you know, jobs, some aren't going to be perfect uh there might be right. some flaw in the metal itself especially restoration you've got a lot more part failure going on right. there than versus new parts um, and stuff and so even though you can take all the precautions in the world uh, in dealing with somebody's antique this or 25 year old that um you know you still have to redo of which you never tell your custom co- you never tell your customer that you had to do that part three or four times, right? You know, like, because if you do, then it's a reflection on, you know, yourself. And sometimes that's hard to take, Um, uh, you know. And then the other one is powder paradox, um, because we're constantly challenged to scale up or lose a job. Mm. So, you know, um, not everybody has $150,000 150 dollars to $250,000 to put into a business and just start from day one. Um, a lot of us are just kind of starting in our garage with a homemade oven or or this and that. And so we're kind of constantly, it, it never ends. There's always, and I think right. that most custom coders, I guess, probably I could say for Ross and I, we had no idea how much the demand of equipment was and we were coming from painting which had some kind of level of demand for equipment and 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 you know buying new stuff here and there but not at the scale that this company has been at um and stuff so those are just some of my um i think the criminal i call this one criminal determination or it could be you know kind of along the lines of uh self-determination in the sense that we we are staying beholden to a tight quality standard and namely our own right you know right. like our own standards and that's what really defines talent and capability um is it's it's not just you know when you look at someone like ro, good example i'm going to pick on ro ro this week because he's just had a recent anniversary, and he's just such an inspiration for all of us custom coders out there. But like, you know, he has set the standard for himself, um, and 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 delivers on those expectations, not just because of his customer, but because of himself, right? His his right. own standard um, that he uses to differentiate himself from other from other coders. And that's what makes him. So in a sense, it's something that line coders will never understand or, you know, maybe I'm being ignorant here, um, but it is kind of something that is a little different. Maybe you call it secret sauce or uh, (laughs) the magic or whatever. I don't know. Um, And then I have the last one is stealth mode singularity, which is kind of, ai don't know where I came up with that one, but basically you have to, you're constantly building your name, your reputation, you know, you're taking away nights and weekends from your family in order to do this. Um, um, It's sort of the entrepreneur paradox, I guess, so to speak. Um, You have to create the content to get those customers in the door, you know, whether it be your website, social media, or you know, right. whatever it takes to stand out, because you know, um, it, it, in one sense, powders help, for example, you know, a set of rims, powder makes everybody it makes it all look good. But which one is, you know, how does the customer about the, the customer doesn't know the difference between? this black rim from this guy and that black rim from that guy. It's all kind of the same. So you wouldn't know unless you were looking for something else. And that's all I wanted to say about that. I mean, I I think.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, it's funny, you mentioned one part there. And I think you were mentioned earlier about, um, uh, I think you referenced this, that uh, one of the gentlemen that I had quoted in that story about five trends, this was like, we did the five trends, but then we had some, and again, these all came from Coders, nothing that I came up with. They all kinda, it mm-hmm. kind of was kind of a formation. But he 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 was talking about you know a, a trend of, of managing great expectations, and and he was talking about you know when customers are seeing uh, samples, they're seeing these uh, you know they're they're pristine and, and samples, and it's you know flawless <laughs> uh, you know substrate that's been polished. And it's in, and he said you know. This is, uh, you know, I, I remember he co- he kept calling it the illusions of uh, Candyland colors mm-hmm. is that, you know, we don't get um, the substrates looking like that when we get them. And you're going to run into issues like that. Right. Uh, because, you know, all the samples that you've originally showed them or they've seen have been immaculately prepared. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just, you know, this is probably the the fifth one that came off the line. Well, this is great. OK, we'll use this one. So, but you know, it, it kind of reminded me of what you just said there about the expectations that you know it, a lot of it depends on the material you're getting, how well, how good of a shape it's in, uh, you know, because you know, you, you know, you all are, uh, you know, trying to shine it, you know, trying to make right. it look great, and and that can right. be a problem, and sometimes the customers just do not understand that uh, they just think that powder coating is going to hide a lot of flaws when, in actuality, it it celebrates a lot of flaws <laughs> in the materials, right. it can. and yeah. yeah, it can, and so. And that's something of, of of getting people to understand that, which is, I think, You know, they need to build that into their, their uh, uh, quotes. Is that you know we're going to have a little bit of this where you're not going to be happy, but that's what we were given. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, I had a customer come in yesterday, and it's, I don't know. I think sometimes at nausea might just kind of go, Oh God, I got to go through this again. I got to explain this one again. You know, like. Talking about crumbs and why they're not reflective after you put the clear coat on them, and blah blah blah. And they're used for underlayments for top coats, and you know, um, you know, I, I damn it. I wish powder. I wish the powder coater supplier gods could just create a perfect chrome, <laughs> you know, like when I'm tired right. of explaining myself. But no, um, I'm sure everybody is tired, tired of explaining that as well. But the other thing is, is like, well, whatever you're doing dude, stop going to Google, just go to Instagram and look at the hashtag powder coating. OK, right. Those are the colors. <laughs> those are the those are the looks you're going to find don't go to google and find something that says powder coated trend uh powder coated rim and it's an anodized rim right when it's right. you know like i can't do that i cannot do that so right. you know um you know sometimes you just want to scream at the top of your lungs and i thought i had overcome that until i saw this guy uh come into my shop yesterday and they do exist and i'm sure i, I probably get less of that than maybe a lot of other guys do you know every day coming in asking for some, some rim that's on Google that is nothing you can achieve in powder coating, right? So um, (laughs) so that never, that's the, that's, that never ends either. Um, But yeah, let's get into the article. I want to share my screen again. Um, Okay. I think I'm there. Share, share, share. Yeah. And first of all, you got my little, My little hero, Jace (laughs) Kayser, love that guy. Um, Right. He he did come on the show uh, um, and was one of the first guys. And he's still just all over Twitter and with his little, like, in the car videos and stuff like that, uh, which I love. He's so on the spot and has a way, uh, has a a certain way about him that, you know, uh, has something to say and you want to hear it, you know?
1: Right, right.
0: Um, and that is, you know, like uh, the wood and MDF thing is huge. This is, if you're not looking at this technology right now, um, I can't say that it's easy to get into just yet. This is what they were talking about in this point. Um, but it will be soon and it's just a matter you know, of it's, time.
1: It, yeah. it sort of came together. I think, or the, you know, it's been around since the seventies Morton, uh, a company called Morton, you know, tried to, push it out there but you know you had a lot of problems over the years um where you know you're trying to coat a a substrate wood MDF which doesn't behave properly after it's coated mm-hmm. um you know it wants to do a lot of different things uh, and 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 also you know you, you had to have the powder to do it and then you had to have the ovens to help do it correctly and right. and so it seems like and like I said I I you know I, I kind of came across, uh, you know, IFS coatings, which had been, you know, putting a lot of that, those components all together of working with, um, you know, working with, you know, the manufacturers I know, Gemma has, you know, come out with some technology that helps prevent, um, you know, that wraparound effect on some mm-hmm. powder coating. They, they've they really worked with that. Wagner's done a lot of that too. Um, you know, some of the IR ovens too. I remember, you know, I, for this story, I, I, uh, I spoke with a guy up in, uh, Oregon, Paul Unger, who had, who had who had bought a a powder coating operation, and turned it almost exclusively to wood MDF uh, because uh, you know it, it wasn't doing wasn't proper, properly. Right. His brother was into wood cabinetry and stuff like that. You know, I know that they're doing a lot of stuff where they're getting some really specific type of wood and MDF um, that you know w- with the uh, moisture content and such. But uh, but yeah, it's I think you're seeing it. Come across uh, a lot more, but like you said, trends in Europe. You know, we're about ten years behind them. They've been doing this a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they've been a lot of the cabinetry makers. Uh, I know IKEA and a lot of those o- over in Europe uh, are 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 doing it there. The big right. question is, um, are there enough manufacturers in the U.S. that, you know, that they would want this done? Like I said, a lot of Things like cabinetry and stuff are probably done overseas, and 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 you know because they could do it there. It's cheaper to do it than a powder coating, and it's more durable. And uh, yeah, but the people that uh, the people that are using this now in kitchen cabinets and even garage cabinets and things like that uh, just swear by powder coating. It, it's great for um, uh, you know temperatures and you know when uh, you know in moistures and things. So. But like I said, it really became the technology—the the actual uh, chemicals in the powder coating, uh, the 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 applicator guns, uh, the wood, and also the ovens. You had to have all of those work together, and so that's where it's 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 coming to a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, obviously, you can tell like uh, Keystone Coating and and um, Kaiser, you know, are poised. They're interested. I mean, they're 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 talking about it in this. Uh, point that they're big enough to where they have the money to invest in, in this type of technology. This could be the next level for them. Um, But I guess the question after reading this was for me was, is this a technology that a current painting company that fabricates or maybe paints for cabinets now? Wants to get out of painting and into powder coating these cabinets, or is it going to be people like Jace that are already in the powder coating industry that could level up and do this type of coating as well? So that's kind of what have you thought about that at all?
1: Uh, You know, it's funny. It's that I I don't know if there's a lot. Like I said, Rick Gaiman there at Keystone. You know, he said to me we're interested in this. We we are absolutely interested in this, and he was talking about having something by the end of this year. You know, the other thing just besides wood, it's, it's really the low cure, um, mm-hmm. because um, you're finding, uh, and I was kind of surprised to see this, some, uh, getting back to architecture, some metal doors uh, could not be powder coated because of the heat that the doors would somehow warp out. So with this low cure uh, coatings, not only just wood, but also there are some metal uh, and aluminum substrates that could probably be, you know, doors and things like that, that right. there wouldn't be that risk of them warped because of the heat that's in there. Yeah. So, and I
0: think that's what you're talking about in point two, right? Is these lower cure? Is this what you're right. talking about? Yeah, here? Like right. Lower and, you know, cure stuff.
1: Right. When you've got, um, you know, <laughs> when you've got throughput, you know, if you've got to wait around, it's like in the automotive industry where, uh, you know, they're still doing a lot of liquid. But you know, automotive for many years in the 80s and 90s, it was just you know it was so slow because when they would coat these cars, you had to let it dry, right? Mm-hmm. You had to let the cars dry, and then they came out with uh, you know they coat on top of a coat, wet on wet. I mm-hmm. mean, they do it that way, and and so it, it saved them like half the time, mm-hmm. and it's getting faster and faster. So the automotive industry said we need to fix this, and they got the uh, you know the technical people and then there's, and figure it out a way. So I think this is what it is. You know, there's, you know, there, there's, you know, no powder coater will say, you know, I don't want to speed up my line. I mean, they they want to get things through, get it, get it going, get it up, get it coated, get it out. Uh, they want to do it that way. Uh, and so these low-cure powders, I think that's what they're talking about, uh, because you know, they need to meet the demand that's out there. Um, so you know, we we don't want to have to have things the, the lines go so slow uh through through the ovens and such. And the cooling off. This is what we're looking at. Is we need to kind of get better at that. Who's really doing this? And uh, I, you know, I've talked to Adam Brumfield there at RMF. They're an actual, like they're electroplater, okay, right. uh, electroplater. Uh, but they do a, almost a ton of automotive. I mean, they're down in South Carolina, where it's the automotive capital now, no longer Detroit. But you know, you're getting this, you know, multi-coated system. Where you're getting a, a zinc nickel on a part. And then they wanted powder coat on it. And this is, mm-hmm. you know, and specifically like brakes, Okay. Because you can see those parts now and they want, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so you see those brake pads and, 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 you know, and I think when, you know, they were really in the uh, a lot of electroplating and such. And then when they got into doing the powder coating, it was pretty slow. And they were like, <laughs> well, this isn't good enough. You know, we really need right. to get it going faster uh, to meet this throughput. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what you're talking about. There is, is really um, again, really, you know, working on the technology, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of companies out there. Uh, I'm talking about the, the the powder coating suppliers that are really, this is top of mind for them. Uh, it's almost like they need to see the big demand for this Yeah. Uh, first. Uh, you know, they, I've talked I talked to a couple of them. I won't name names, but a lot of them are like, eh, you know, the, you know, why, should, why would we want to spend all that time, to do this, if we're not seeing a huge demand of it, you know, I mean, how um, you know, uh, you know, Sherman Williams got into it because they bought a, a company that was making low cure power coating, and they just bought them, and now that's their top of line product. But they saw that, right. and and so that's right. sort of a tip off that if you get somebody like you know Sherwin Williams that goes out and buys this uh, a, a company because they want that technology, that gives you an indication that maybe this is where the the industry is going a little bit is that we need to really. Um, grow the low cure uh, for both, you know, MDF and also, you know, metal coatings as well. But,
0: and hey, I mean, look at the the powder cost increases right. for powder coating for for powders. I'm, um, you think they've increased those prices and they're right. calling that it's, you know, supply chain disruption or raw material shortages and stuff like that. But do you think they're gonna roll back those prices? Never. Oh, no. <laughs> it Hell never no. Never happens. Right. No. So right. like it in a, um, in a sense, I kind of understand what they're talking, you know, what they're saying here, because you know, how are they going to stay ahead? If these costs increases stay put And right. I mean, we've been reporting it, you know, uh, thanks to you. We've been re-reporting it thanks to you and a few other sources and stuff like that about how much, um, costing, you know, price increases has gone up like 40%. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from the two largest suppliers, um, you know, although they say, you know, we're trying to hold them back, you know, and, and, you know, just to make us feel better, but we all know maybe it was time for them to increase prices anyways. You know, I don't know. Um, but I think it was kind of like, you know, this is one way that we can try to stay ahead, uh, of the game, um, against, uh, costs and overhead, um, is through, you know, faster output and
1: stuff like that. Well, and one uh, thing, you know, Bill, Bill Stock there, I mean, one of the things he told me is, as, as it's harder to get employees, right? You can't be just having a second shift, just, you know, or a third right, shift or whatever, right. you know, those are luxuries now. You got to get it done during your first your, your one shift that you've got people yeah, there. That's so a good again, point. it that's goes very back, good point. right. It goes back to the, goes back to the, uh uh you know, of, of how do we just move that line faster? You know, mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, they, people, people, you know, the shortage and and people want it today, <laughs> tomorrow, you know, when can I get this, right. you know, right. those type of things. So it's a lot of those. And, and again, um, uh, you know, like I said, that seemed to be one that, 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 you know, both, I know every shop wants that just because, you know, if you're moving stuff more through, you can make more money at it, so.
0: Right, know. exactly. Right, yeah. that's, that's an old adage. So um, this one kind of shocked me. I, I was not aware of this as a problem. Um,
1: Well, it's funny. It did me too, and I heard it from a couple uh, that said, "Look, you know, uh, there's a lot of coders out there that just aren't doing this right, and and it's 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 not good for the industry when we can't do it right. Um, Mm -hmm. And 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 so you know, I know I know even I think Jace even you know and said to me, people just have to really um, you know take control of their own operations. Try to you know if you're asked to do this much, uh, uh, do a little bit more." And so, you know, and, and, and Dwayne there was really critical. And he said, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people, you know, they think that every piece of substrate is the exact same and you just tr- treat it and get it through. But, you know, you really have to spend a little bit more time and get educated on it, which, uh, you know, again, I, a lot of it is because you're seeing these AAMA uh, certifications, uh, you know, about what, what they want uh, the, these, these things. You're getting a lot more, uh, um, you know, architects that are actually becoming more aware of what powder coating can do for them uh, the, the sustainability, that was what kind of struck me is that it's the more of the the sustainability, they can chalk it up as a sustainable process, but, um, but yeah, you know, it is, you know, they're just, you know, and, and trust me, you know, everybody's heard the stories, you know, you, you've probably got them or, you know, customers come to you and say, you know, the last person I had doing it, they were just, weren't doing it right, you know? Right. And, um, You know, and and you know, good for you. You're getting that business, but also everybody starts looking at you a little wearily. You know, everybody in the industry. You know, if you don't have that high quality, you need to do so. This is what I think. What they were trying to say is that look, you know, there's there's, you know, you 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 um, uh, you know, you you have to really pay attention to to the aluminum, uh, to to the you know the the specifications of what they want and how you clean, how you pre-treat. You know, you cannot hand wash this stuff. You've got to do it and you know what you know phosphates or whatever you're going to be using get it done get it done properly uh and and you know again you might, therefore you might see some more uh, work you know bring back shored back to the u.s on this so yeah
0: i spent a half a day just responding to a contractor um, yesterday on whether he should be choosing aluminum or steel for this large railing system going into a new condominium complex here. And I mean, like I had a blog post for Fred. So, you know, by the time I was done, I'm like, I can turn this into a blog post. Um, But, you know, you know, I, we already have this discussion on the phone. And, and so, you know, I understand it's coming down to the wire. A lot of railing systems get put in towards the end of a budget. I'm sure he's running out of money. The cost of aluminum is skyrocketing. Um, We've got Personally, I just found out that Maui has a a, a metal shortage right now. Oh, so like wow. co- co- um, contractors actually having to order stuff from them direct from the mainland just to get it here because wow. our local suppliers are running out. Hmm. And um, and so, you know, I'm like. Hey, you want to go with aluminum? This is what it's going to look like, and if you don't, this is what this, what you're going to have to do with the steel part. You right. know, like it's going to rust and this and that. So, I don't know. Um, his email just popped up while we were. <laughs> we'll see right. what he says in response to my to my uh, blog post yesterday. But, but anyways, yeah, I, I get it, and um, you know, some some aluminum fabricators here are so good. A lot of times we'll just go right to coding. Um, we'll we'll do the 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 etch and all of that, but um, you know, rare on occasion if it's. Uh, we don't always have to get into the blast room to blast new aluminum because it's, you know, and we've not had a problem personally, but, right, uh, but when it comes to steel and some of this other stuff, it's just like, oh, good God, you know, right. please don't pick, yeah. please don't pick steel on a big project like this. <laughs> well, because was you know, one I'm, man gate, I get it, but, you know.
1: Right, yeah, because you said you even get people who put some type of anti-corrosion, anti-rust, uh, on there so they don't get the flash rust and you know and the, by the time it gets to you 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 gotta you gotta get it off you gotta figure it out and get yeah. it off and you that can't get problem. it off
0: it's right. it's like yeast it's in the air <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> right. uh you right. know and we're in the middle of the pacific ocean so like it's nearly right. impossible and so that's the, usually the first thing that we say like when we're talking to somebody like that is like well where is this going right that's the first question you know how big is this project and where is it going because you know, yeah, okay, if you're kind of up on the mountain a little bit, um, maybe not so much, you know, we'll be more inclined to give you two quotes. Uh, But if you're right on the water, I'm not gonna touch it uh, because it's just gonna fail and doesn't matter and it'll be our fault, right? So uh, this number four, the rise of architectural coatings, um, tell me more about what he's talking about here because it's a huge market it's it's so well, huge it scares me
1: you're right and I think what ken is saying be careful what you wish for uh right. you know you you know everybody would like to you know there's a you know a lot of people that are doing architectural codes, these are flat panels great okay and he's talking about you know i mean you look at some of those parts and he's talking about you know sunshades and trellises and things like that. when you get into mm-hmm. that you know, they have little, you know, bits of areas of trouble, of how you hang the parts, how mm-hmm. you get, you know, the welded in caps, those type of things, really, you know, what he was trying to say is really, you better know, you better know what this part is, you better know how you can, you know, drain the pre treat drain the cleaning, get everything ready, um, you know, and, and then, you know, uh, on top of that, too, is you know, a lot of these places, uh, you know, is, is you've got it, you're like, you're like the shipping point for them, okay? You're, you know, they don't right. want this thing being shipped back four different places before it gets put, you know, put on a building or whatever it's going to be. Um, so, you know, you may have to have a staging area to properly, I know that that Keystone, uh, uh, we talked about them earlier, same thing. I mean, they actually took a step back and said, wait, how are we doing this? How are we packaging this stuff? You know, this mm-hmm. is archi- you know, the architectural, it's going to be seen. You cannot, you know, we can't do a nice job, put it on a truck, you have it shipped and then it looks somehow gets nicked or something like that. So, but you know, what Ken was talking about, and he's done, you know, major stadiums, he's done the Las Vegas Raiders stadium and the Dallas Cowboys stadium and he does a lot of it, you know, and, and he's got it down where, you know, but that's one of the things is that, you know, he's talking about, you know, the, the, the buckling and some of the metals and things like that. So you just have to be careful is what he's trying to say is there's, um, you know, they're all not you know said you know a fence railing or you've got this panel or a trellis it's it's like you really should become more aware of of these uh, uh uh you know these parts and what they do and and how they're manufactured and stuff so that you can when you get them you can code them properly and 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 uh the customers happy and you are too so that's really what i think he was trying to talk about with that
0: yeah um i i i i agree with i mean that's a very valid point. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say
1: here, but well, the other I, part too, like that said, I know you guys got is that you know he was talking about you seeing a lot more, just not just one color. what they want to see patinas, they want to see oh yeah. uh, you know all these different you know the wood grains and things like that. You know they're you know it's like like I said, be careful what you wish for because you know people right. come back and say, hey, listen, uh, we saw this, <laughs> and it's right. like we want you to do it this way, and uh, you need that you know you need to have that expertise or uh, you know, you, you know, do you do you give up the contract because you can't do it, or do you learn how to do it to, to complete that contract and keep that customer, or you know, do you just try to wing it? You know, those are the things that. Um, so I think that's probably what he was talking about too. Is that it's getting more sophisticated about what they want. Uh, you know, uh, architects uh, like it and they want to get more of it. So,
0: yeah, um, I think that that's kind of what. Um, I know PCI is working on right now um, as I'm part of that group and um, is sort of just trying to get ahead of, you know, helping the custom coders um, or applicators help the architects call for that spec um, and how how to make it easier for them to call for that spec. Um, And so that's what you know, uh, they're trying to do, uh, as a group to make it easier to get us more upfront and less, um, I guess more defined in a sense, in a sense, more definition about calling for a a powder coating spec and just making it easier for designers and architects to do that.
1: Right. Well, you know, there's Um, an, there's an old saying, um, you know, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And, you know, in in the electroplating world, I I said, cover that as much too, Um, you know, they get, they have, over the years, I've seen them more get actively involved in Mm -hmm. with their customers on the design of parts, Uh, whether it's Ford, General Motors, Harley Davidson, um, you know, if there's going to be a change design in a part, they are there before that design is done to give their input on you know, here's how the best way that we can coat this for you, because at the end of the day, it has to be uh, right. coded properly. And so whether, you know, um, you know, whether PCI or, or, you know, gets together and starts having, you know, meetings with the architectures association to say, Hey, listen, you no, know, we want to, we want to do this with you. We want to make sure that, you know, you, you, you get the parts you want, you get them the way they want. Let's have discussions early on. And you know that way, you know, if a if a architect is going to design certain things, uh, they need to probably think of the end product and go to coders and say, hey, listen, you know, what 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 would you say about this? Because I'm sure you all get parts and say, gee, I wish it was designed this way because we could really code it a lot easier if we had this hole here or just you know whatever is going to be. So that to me, I think is where the industry should be going is working more of a collaboration. Uh, And and to give you an example of this, the Aluminum Anodizers Association um, works, it's actually the same group as the Aluminum Extruders Association, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they basically work together and they have their conferences together. So, you know, uh, it would be very, I think, important for for PCI and others to really embrace this. Um, Another one I'll tell you, I think, is really, really, really important Uh, And this was an interesting thing. Years ago, I was talking to, I wrote a story about a, uh, it was a U.S. naval ship that, um, and I think I I, I got, I think I got the story from somebody, Axel Nobel, about how there was more powder coating on this naval, this ship, this warship than ever before. And um, yeah, they, you know, they always liquid painted it and just rust and, and the U.S. government was spending, you know, it's their biggest, it's, somebody told me, I think it actually, it's the US government's military's biggest expense is corrosion fighting. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like $22 billion that they're spending money on. But uh, and I remember calling the gentleman from the, uh, the, the Pentagon who was in charge of approving the powder to be on this ship. And mm-hmm. one of the things he said to me was, you know, we got this idea not from the powder. I don't say the powder cutting industry, not the Institute, but we, nobody's really from the industry came to us and said why don't you start powder coating this stuff it it would look great and he said i'm shocked that nobody lobbies us from the industry about specking out these like you could show they were like louvers on these like windows louvers and everything that was done everything but there was like three thousand parts on this ship that had been powder coated now of course they don't make these it's not like an automobile where they're running them off the assembly line but still but he was just real shocked that nobody was really going to the military and saying, here's how good powder coating is. Mm-hmm. Here's why you should spec it in uh, all these type of things. So getting back to architecture, I think it's going to be something where the industry should really be developing these relationships with them and, and having, um, you know, really good, you know, communications. I'll tell you one other quick story. I, years ago, I wrote about a, a, up in Minnesota, a, a company, two guys who'd been had uh, the company, a powder coating company, I think they bought it six years earlier, but they were investing $2 million into a um, uh, aluminum architectural coding line. They wanted to get into that business Um, because they read that in Minneapolis where they live, there was more architects per capita in Minneapolis and only second outside New York. So I don't know. I, I, I I think it was like 265. So they bought this, were getting it installed. And after they got it installed, they invited every architect within like 50 miles to come. And they had like 90 show up. They were shocked. Wow. They had, they expected 10, they got 90. And, wow. and, and, and they were blown away by it, which reinforced what they wanted to do. But uh, it showed them that we should have done it a long time ago and we should have went bigger. You know, so, right but that's that's the thing and you got to think about that of, of of how to approach these people um you know is it nationally or is it something that you do in your do you just go out and market yourself to architects in hawaii or, well you know?
0: yeah i mean that's been well our number one goal in 2020 was to to move forward with that you know and right. and do do something like that but of course you know Everything went sideways, but right. uh, you know we're getting back on track now, um, and now more than ever because you know um, we've got this new product that we want to develop, and you know uh, it. it I, I guess what I've come to realize now that I'm on this committee is sort of like, well, here I thought I was the only power coder in the world with this problem of getting this information up into the atmosphere of architects and interior designers to call this back and all this kind of stuff, when really the whole world is, you know, like at least the whole regular world is experiencing the same problem. Um, Not only that, but it's also like, uh, I was gonna try to bring up a a thing that I had talked about um, with another member in in our industry. And we were going to try to partner on writing a white paper on it, although I've never written a white paper. Um, um, But some of the concepts that we talked about um, was kind of like defining this consumer market for powder coating and the reasons for using powder coatings is kind of, I'll be happy to go with you on this one too, because I think it would be a really good article Um, and We just I guess one of the things that we wanted to convey is that this information to the general consumer audience um, in powder coatings is mostly wrapped up in industry only circles, Mm -hmm. um, which we talked about earlier uh, about, you know, OEM specs and all this kind of stuff. It's just this language that these people talk on. Um, but there's a whole nother group out there, people like us that, that, you know, don't necessarily need to explain that, uh, technically to, to our circles, but we do need to deliver some kind of a webinar or tool to, to get the attention locally, um, not just globally, but locally, um, so that we can get these jobs, um, And stuff like that.
1: You're talking about Uh, mostly from consumers you're talking about?
0: Consumers, architects, residents, homeowners, you know, like how, you know, how can we better serve our local environment um, by sharing some of this information? And some of the key things that I had was like, you know, well, I can go to a home show and do a free presentation on powder coatings. I can do a lunch and learn with architects. Um, I can do like some of these other things, you know, um, I can join memberships uh, like we have uh, we've joined the Maui Chamber of Commerce. And within that group, there is a I think a contractor subgroup in that group, you know, uh, in toward, sort of trying to make way into some of these larger uh, pools where we could maybe pick up uh, more interest uh from those groups to say hey i didn't know about this what is this and can i spec it out next time you know kind of thing for my next job Um, so i guess that's kind of where we were going with it the other thing is it's like there's a whole like other thing about a condominium complex and i hate to bring up a tragedy about it but like you know the thing that happened down in florida was sort of like a, a, a shocker for a lot of people, but they, we do have aging infrastructure, particularly along the coastlines. Um, and that was just one example, uh, you know, but we have that here. Uh, there's been buildings here that have had that same issue that they've constantly addressed for the, for the last 20, you know, 10 or 20 years of, you know, digging that rebar out and redoing it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, how can powder coatings help these condominium or HOA groups figure out the best way to approach maintenance. And that leads me back to what I, my my half day project of emailing this contractor back. It's like, okay, look, you should be looking, you know, he was asking me, well, what, you know, can you give me a bid for both steel and aluminum? And my question to him was, what do you see other people in your area using? You know what are the other resorts in your area using? Are they using aluminum? Or are they using steel? Because you're just down the street from them, and there's a reason why they're doing aluminum instead of steel. Yeah. Um, so don't don't pick this one. <laughs> you know it's kind of like my thing was like don't pick this one. But you know really think about the longer implications of maintenance and what is going to happen down later on down the line and what's it going to look like. You know right. can 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 a homeowner handle? Uh, looking at a gate or a railing that has like more or less the alka salsary white stuff bubbling up underneath or are they going to see some you know or do they want to see some nasty rusty grade D stuff draining down and getting all over the concrete you know walkway and you know do they want to see that which one is you know because and then we are on an island so there's this sustainability issue of disposing of it and filling up the landfills and you know how do you want to be represented are you just this blow-in contractor that kind of comes in um because we get them all the time here on an island they just come in they they do their thing and then they they ruin everything and they their warranties aren't warrantied and they just blow out and nobody can chase them for a lawsuit later on because it's happened a million times before so um, you know, these are just some of the things that he needs to consider, you know, especially if they're buying and holding for 10 years or whatever it is that they're doing. So, yeah. Um, okay. So let's get to this last point. Um, mm-hmm. where did it go? Where did my thing go? Hold on. There we go. So this one is five thermoplastic nylon and antimicrobial coatings. I didn't read this one. Tell me. <laughs> I got through so excited for the first well, four. I'm like, I got to have you on the show.
1: You know, it's funny. The, uh, the, the, you know, microbial coatings, of course, uh, I think it was just top of mind for everybody in the world yeah. last year. Okay. It's so, like, okay, Hey, can I do, can I, you know, can I sell something as an added value benefit yeah. for something we were okay but you know thermoplastic and nylon you know like i said uh, St- steve Hockett there from uh, out in, in stockton you know they do a lot of uh uh the thermoplastic and nylons but they were they were getting a lot more people that were uh you know were were asking for that really in, in, in the bigger quantities but mm-hmm. um you know it is a batch process he was talking about but you know it's uh it's something that you know time to time that they're seeing a, a, a lot more of that those come apart i didn't really you know, it's probably something I'll probably go back and revisit with Steve about, you know, what what type of work is that, where's it coming from? Cause that's one of the things I, you know, would probably like to know is where, where right. is it all, you know, what what type of industry is it coming from? But, um, but really, you know, the various types of that, uh, you know, somebody had, had mentioned to me, you know, fluidized bed and things like that, but you know, those don't see those as, as much as with those uh, too much, but, but yeah, then like I said, but the microbial, was something that was just in everything uh <laughs> that was being built last year right. was um, you know can it can it you know kill germs uh you know and, and ongoing this might be a bigger issue you know maybe that's a spec that people are saying is listen you know we want that if you're going to code it we want you to put that microbial on there uh it, it's going to be a good selling point people consumers may be looking to buy products that have that uh I, i'm just not i think we're too close to it right now but maybe in five years we'll see that's a huge, um, uh, that's been a huge in-demand item, so.
0: Yeah, and you know what else, too, is what I see is complete changes and renovations of spaces, public Mm -hmm. spaces like restaurants, uh, hotels, resorts, um, and uh, hospitals, you know, that kind of medical uh arena where you know you, you still have to see someone in person but the whole thing when you walk in is going to be completely changed to where it is right. today right very right. Gonna see more
1: more barriers more you know yeah. not just this huge open space um whether it prevent germs i doubt it no, <laughs> it looks good no. it's
0: a it's a it's a mental right? right you know like i have this private space to myself kind of thing it, it's sad in a sense you know it's like they're kind of more or less pulling us apart even further but um i think that one of the things is if they could do something like this if this could be the the next best thing or the next greatest thing is that it could actually help bring people together because they could be sitting at a table knowing that you know it's antimicrobial or something you know like you know if it gives relief to people i don't know but Um, you know, uh, I, I think you're, I think that's what I'm so excited about in terms of architectural or changes. Um, and we're not seeing this now, but in the, in the, in the next five years, I would definitely say you're going to see a lot of changes to, um, public spaces, um, in the way that they're designed and, and, and function. Um, and that could be very big for powder coatings in general.
1: Right. I I agree. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that was,
1: you know, like I said, the rest of them were just things that, you know, I said that probably, you know, are facing, like I said, uh, you know, everybody's got the labor shortage. Right. Um, You know, you you know, uh, I know, like I said, Bill, Bill Stock was telling me, you know, why would, you know, right now, unemployment was paying $17 an hour. That's what unemployment was paying. He he said, that's my, the unemployment office is my biggest competition. He's right. Right. And it's always going to be that way. And, you know, whether more shops will look at automating their processes, uh, you know, uh, that that again, that remains we see I think we're going to see that years from, you know, three to four or five years from now, whether uh, 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 shops did that, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many shops, uh, you know, job shops and coders say to me, you know, um, if I had people, I could take on more work or expand, I want to expand but i gotta have people i can't do it i can't go out and you know get a bank loan for expanding and and um building a new line if i can't if i can't find people to do it and it's right. a real so really a lot of people are just on hold with it um yeah. you know, i know there's a, a shop down in um, phoenix that he finally did it uh it's kind of an interesting story i wrote about them earlier um they actually were using people coming right out of prison systems um and and they did a really good job of uh, vetting these people and uh you know they were coming in and and these were stepping stone jobs for people they weren't really right, right. career things right and so um you know that that it, it really worked 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 well for them um but yeah like i said uh you know like i said the age of amazon i know one of the shops told me, told me that. it was like everybody wants it tomorrow what do you mean it's going right. to be a week what do you mean you know that's where you know everything is that way um you know you look at you know grocery stores now they're everybody's delivering it they're going to bring it to right. you in a drone uh it's right. like get it now uh there is no wait for this so it's yeah. it's a lot of things i think that that people are, are trying to fight uh or you know they're up against a lot so uh hopefully you know hopefully soon that'll a lot of that'll that'll sort itself out with that So
0: yeah we talked about amazon in an earlier trends report on or podcast um the, where they were talking about near sourcing and it's kind of a newer term. It is, mm-hmm. it, or the Amazon effect. You're, this is a little different um, age of Amazon is, you, you know, like it, it is kind of like that, but it's a little slightly different where it's like, you know, um, they have, I guess, you know, especially Europe leaders are wanting things more rather than centrally, they're centrally owned, but their accessibility is local. Um, and that's, right. I think, what they mean by near sourcing. Um, right. But, uh, okay, so let's see, embracing multi-layer coding processes. Yeah, like this was this like you said, <laughs> I said, I was at
1: a, uh, actually a, a plating conference years ago, maybe three or four years ago in Detroit, and, and uh, it was automotive, automotive, was in Detroit, so it was all these automotive um. Uh, people were there and that was one of the things they were talking about with the coating is and they were there was the audience was electroplaters and anodizers yeah. and those type of things but they were saying to them uh, look you know we're, we're going to get we're, we're you know some of the parts that we've got on cars we're going to want you know not only zinc nickel plated but we're going to want to put a powder something on there and so like i said especially in the brakes, uh those type of things but uh, you know, it, it, and you're seeing some of these like super things of like you know an e-coat, a powder over e-coat, which you know would be a tremendous coating resistance and everything. So th- that's where uh, again, it's just it's really demand that needs it. You know, like I said, the one um, you know Adam Brumfield from our uh, Royal Metal Finishing was the one that was saying that that they were seeing a lot of that. I know Adotech uh, is doing a which was um, heavily involved in in the uh, electroplating industry as a supplier of those chemicals is now doing a lot with powder coating too they're they're kind of so you're seeing this crossover but uh but yeah you're 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 it's to the point where uh you know you're you're just not getting a raw substrate it may not be you're getting a raw substrate you're getting a substrate that is is got a zinc nickel on it so you have to treat it differently you have to treat it uh pre-treat it and care for it differently and, and get a good bond on it how do you do that those are the things that that uh, was I think in that discussion was that.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm seeing something similar happening uh, visually in in on Instagram with some of the um, more influencer type powder coaters where they're polishing the rim and and then they're putting the top coat on and stuff like that. Uh, where they're in there was doing it during the restoration process. So that you right. know, like before, they used to just take new set of rims, put a put a top coat on, and you're good to go. But then, how do, how does that stick stick on there for any kind of length of time um, right. and stuff? You know, so in a sense, it's kind of like meeting that Google that Google search clients' demands um, and challenging themselves to see if they can do something like that um it's just kind of a newer trend that i see some of the the more influencer type going for and stuff i'm not sure that regular average everyday coder would feel so fast fastidious about doing it but it it it, you know i think listening to your customer obviously is the number one thing you can do um rather than just shuffling them off but you know, because it does challenge you to kind of level up your game a little bit um, more and right. stuff like that. So it's it's nice to see, you know, who knows where this will go. And I I I do think that trends you know trends can come from the bottom up.
1: Um, well, and again, it's a new market. It's a new market that you really haven't been doing a lot with with a lot more automotive these these type of things. So yeah, right. it, yeah. it would really be a and anytime you know I think you know anybody who's the the first person in and you know and. Uh, uh, the pioneers in it, you know, it, 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 opens up to a lot of other people. So yeah, mm-hmm. who knows? Right.
0: Yeah. And this last one is managing. We, yeah, yeah.
1: Managing. And like I said, we, when we spoke about that before and you were talking about quoting is, and that's what Dallas was saying, Dallas Cooley was, was saying is that, you know um, you know, you, you know, you, you, you avoid the heartache when you can really be open up and, and frank and honest with, with, you know, when you're bidding projects, just to say, look, you know, you um, you know a lot of it depends on on the, the substrate you're getting the the material you're getting whether it's warped or or if it's not clean properly or it's it's imperfect uh, you know like I said cuz sometimes that will you know powder coating just doesn't hide that all the time mm-hmm. and so that's what he was trying to say is that make sure that you manage what their expectations of you know it's kind of I don't want to say garbage in garbage out but it's you know you're going to coat what you're going to be given to coat and that's going to be um, their expectations therefore you know, something needs to be done either on their end before it gets to you, or they just need to understand that, you know, the sample that they're looking at, um, from wherever it was, you know, may not always look like that. And so, but, you know, and, you know, just bringing that up early on is, I think is, is the key.
0: I, yeah, it kind of goes back to my, um, half a day project of emailing this contractor, <laughs> you know, and saying, okay, you want this or do you want that? Like, what's your better outcome here? Because, and in in a sense, it's kind of hard because I didn't want to convey the fact that my finishes were subpar, you know? But there's only at some point, you know, could happen five years from now, could happen. There's just too many other things that could happen on the job in the install that could uh, eliminate or erode our best finish right? right um it could be right. the metal it could be the attached you know the attachment hardware it could be the location there's just so many variables so right. like i didn't want to sound like i was you know that we were <laughs> wasn't going to get a top quality finish but you know i wanted to kind of give him this longer longer term uh, ideal i guess or visual visualness right. um and that's what it, it, you know to kind of wrap this up i mean that's kind of what uh, we were talking about earlier, which was, you know, getting this in front of the architects and because uh, these are the planners, right? The the designers, the, the AOA HOAs and the AOAs, uh, uh, condominium resort complexes, um, ho- home ownership, um, is you know at an all time high, and protecting that asset is the most important thing, whether it's you know, some condo in Maui or your home, you know, in Texas or whatever. So like, you know, uh, just having those broad, you know, far reaching end results, I guess, about how to handle it. And that's my point to him. yesterday was Well, if you go with aluminum, then you can eventually restore it because most of the time when we've seen projects done like this in the steel, it's just basically throw away and start over, you know, because they've waited so long to get it re to, to get it to a point where they want to restore it. Um, But at least with aluminum, they could take it off and have us fix it up and make it look new again. Whereas, you know, rusted out steel, I mean, chances are maybe not, you know, so, uh, right. It's really just something that they can plan and maintain or plan and redo later on right. um, and stuff like that. So it's really just, yeah, I, I think this is a very valid point, um, especially if you can well, do right. that, you know?
1: Well, you know, it's funny is that, and you know this, I mean, um, whatever, you know, you're the last, you know, if you're, whatever you're coding, if it's going to be sold, you're the last part of the manufacturing chain that gets it, right? Right. And, and so, you know, they want it fast, they want it cheap, they want it, to, you know, everything else. And um, that's why I think, you know, the, the coding, at, but it's also the most important, because that's what everybody sees. Uh, that's, it's got to withstand everything. Um, and, and and so I think that's why it's important, I think, for people in the powder coating industry to really uh, be at that table, like I said, to, to really be able to talk with people, uh, architects or, you know, people in automotive or, you know, uh, you know what, whatever it is. Um, you know, ab- about what they, you know, to give recommendations on, uh-huh. on that. Well, you know, Hey, you know, if you're going to make that out of steel, uh, you know, I wouldn't do that, but you right. know, you right. Know, here, yeah. right. Right. And, and so that's, I think that's where it's important. I think for the industry to really be active in that and, and, and to branch out and really, you know um, uh, be very, you know, open and, and, and that outreach of really saying, Hey, we, you know, we, you know, we're over here coding your parts. We'd like to have some conversations with you. Here's some things you need to consider. Right. Uh, and, and yeah, I think you'd be amazed because everybody's going to be open to that. I mean, they're going right. to be, you know, if you could if save you them, get
0: access to that person, that's the problem is a lot of times it'll come from the top. You don't ever talk to that person, you right. know? Um, you know, it, it, we've been in that many, many times. And so it's like, whoa, whoa, back up the cart here. Like, come on down here and somebody, somebody come down here and look at my samples. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. Uh, or let's have a conversation about it. I don't care who it is, you know, whatever kind of thing. So I think that custom coders, sometimes they're so worried about, you know, trying to get, uh, I guess, trying to get our, you know, complete maybe we're competing on price or some other thing and we don't stop to think about this point and it's so so important and so clutch right um
1: right yeah
0: because they're too busy trying to compete with their neighbors or whatever but you have to kind of you know and and then the pitfall to that is if you don't manage these expectations then then it will come back to haunt you it will come back in your face
1: you're going to manage something right right (laughs) yes you're gonna you're gonna end up having the same conversation some way or shape or form so yeah exactly right
0: so um well this has been awesome Well, i appreciate you letting
1: me come by i I appreciate you yeah yeah Uh, and uh nice
0: to see your apartment looks so well decorated there (laughs) (laughs) that blue really sets off your eyes (laughs) exactly
1: exactly but, no i appreciate you having me on i appreciate it. I, I i get a chance to listen to listen to it because it gives me great ideas i know i've written down three or four great ideas here right now that that'd be a good story well, great. So that's awesome
0: always happy to, to inspire that. anybody i can um and just before we go like tell us again like okay so it's finishing coding. Coding. finishingencodings.coding.com and coding. it's a and d and yes. I'll put the link in the description, yes. just so everybody and, and, knows how to get there.
1: But and we, you know, and the two things is that you know we have a weekly newsletter that I send out that uh, I work very hard to make sure because I know getting in front of people like yourselves and other owners uh, of facilities, it's it's you know I, I you know I don't I, I think you people are smart enough to you know look at something and go that's ah, not interesting to me anymore you know um, and I try to do that I try to get things that are interesting that you know so you can read about you know trends or like I said the read about other people doing the same thing you're doing. So, but we have a weekly newsletter It's free and people can just go to our site and sign up for it. I'll send it to you. Um, I never sell that information. It's, it's, it's nothing like that. It's very private with that. But like I said, it's, uh, you know, I, I enjoy doing this and, and, and telling stories and, and, um, you know, and, and, and bringing, you know, stories of, of, of people who are in the same industry as you're in, or in the anodizing, whatever. Um, and, and one thing I, I, I realized years ago is that, um, yes, you powder coat, but first you're a business person, right? Right. And you, you've got to make margins. You've got to make a profit. You've got to manage employees. You've got to market your business. So I try to bring a lot of that in of, of, you know, when I write, you know, it seems like I'm not going to sit there and tell you how to coat that part, right. but I'm going to tell you how they got customers, how they marketed themselves, how they, you know, got and kept employees, how they got and kept customers. You know, I did a story in January, how to fire your customer. And it was, you know, I got a lot of- I read read that that. one. That was good Because you've got to do that. But those are the things that I I try to do is really help people, not only uh, from the technical point of what you need to do as far as coding, but also how to run your business and also to let people know that they're not the only one that's had this problem. (laughs) Other people have had this problem and here's how they solved it and got over it and 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 flourished because of it. So again, yeah. I, I appreciate you appreciate you letting me come on and talk a little bit about it. I do.
0: Yeah, no, I I love it, and um, I look forward to every email I get um, and stuff. So I hope everybody out there will subscribe to finishingencoding.com. Uh Thank you, Tim Pennington, um, and uh, keep on writing. And, and I will do that. Idea inspiring.
1: We'll do. Thank you. Aloha. Aloha.